0: About something that I think affects every single one of us at some point of our lives, albeit in very varying degrees. Um, when I was a kid, maybe like 16, 17, I first started to get into scuba diving and I Love scuba diving. I haven't done a lot of it recently, but one of the interesting things about learning to scuba dive, for those of you who've maybe done any of your certification in that, is some of the exercises that they get you to do to kind of bring you up to standard to make sure that you're competent to go out on your own without necessarily needing the requirements brought by an instructor to you is that they take you out to the ocean, not particularly deep. You go about 10 or 12 meters down, and they get you doing a load of things on the bottom of the ocean, one of the things that they get you to do, which is, I've got to be honest, really freaked me out, is they get you to like take your mask off, and you can't see anything, and you've got salt water going in your mouth and your nose, and it's crazy, and you're trying to rub your eyes, and then you've got to like put your mask back on, and you've got to do all this down, down deep underwater, and you know that there's no easy fix, so you've got to get it right. And, they get you to like check your valves and check your gauges and they teach you certain elements of language that you can sign to one another should a problem arise. But one of the things that they do is that they make you take out your breathing regulator and discard it. Now granted, it is attached, but the thing is, is that when you take your regulator out, if you're 10 metres down at the bottom of the ocean... You know, there's a bit of a swell going on. And it's really easy for that regulator that's attached to like a rubber cord to kind of go floating. And if it really does go floating far, it's quite hard to actually relocate where it is. Especially when you've just taken off your eye mask and your eyes are a little bit irritated by the salt water. And what's interesting is that when you discard your regulator, is if you're unable to breathe, then your instructor comes right up next to you And if he sees you starting to panic, if he sees you starting to get a little bit overwhelmed, if he sees you starting to worry and be consumed with maybe even a little bit of fear because you can't breathe, because your regulator's not in your mouth and you're not attached to anyone else's oxygen tank, your instructor will come right alongside you and he takes out, it's a little bit gross this, but he takes out his regulator and he puts it into your mouth and now everything gets calm again because you are breathing the oxygen from his tanks. What can start off as quite a moment of panic very quickly becomes peaceful when you're able to breathe the oxygen from the instructor's tank. I wanna sort of say this. I think that that is a picture of exactly what's gonna happen for some of you today. You're going to transition from a place of feeling overwhelmed with panic and worry and certain degrees of stress and anxiety and move into a way of life that is more peaceful because you're going to allow our Father in heaven to pass over the regulator and you're going to breathe the oxygen contained within his tanks. Because the truth is, is that when we talk about panic and worry, it can affect us all again. Varying levels and at different stages of our life, but none of us can escape from this. When we were on holiday, there is this jetty that runs right out to the sea that's on the bottom of the beach. And we've been to this particular location so many times now. It's like you step off the plane and I am in instant holiday mode. You know, it kind of like is one of those places that I would describe for me now, it's my happy place. And I would sit, get up early. I was always the first up and every morning I would go out to this jetty and I would sit and let my legs dangle over the edge and I'd read a book and I'd have my headphones in. I might listen to a podcast. I'd spend some time and I would Maybe just start to pray a little bit before my day commenced and before I hit the gym and hit the sun lounger and all of that sort of stuff. And I just like to grab about 30 or 40 minutes of just complete and utter chill time. But the crazy thing is, is I remember one day, one morning, I was sat on the end of this jetty and nobody else was around. And all of a sudden I started to think about all of the chores and the tasks that I really needed to be getting on with as soon as I arrived home. And this was like round about the midpoint of our holiday, so there was nothing really you know, imminently that needed taking care of. But I started to think about everything that I needed to do when I got home. I started to think about a number of projects that I was involved in that really needed my attention. I started to think about a number of conversations that even during holiday I was gonna need to have over the phone with different various people. I started to think about a number of conversations that I'd have to have when I got home. I started to think about all of the travel and what was coming up in the months of September and October. And all of a sudden, I'm sat in the most peaceful of environments. And on the inside, I'm starting to panic. Like I'm starting to just kind of go, wow, there's just like so much stuff to do and I don't know if I'm going to have enough time to do it and I've got to take care of the thing and I've got to speak to that guy and I've got to speak to that girl and then we are going here and then we've got those people coming here and it just felt like, man, this is crazy. How can I be in the most peaceful of environments and yet inwardly feel very, very little peace? And it's that that I want to speak about today. I want to talk about the fact that you can even be in a peaceful place, but being in a peaceful place does not equal you having a peaceful life at all. Because peace does not come as a result of the place that you are in life. Peace comes as a result of the people that you walk with in life. Predominantly, it comes as a result of the one person being Jesus Christ that you walk with. And the more you walk closely to him, the greater amount of peace you'll experience in your everyday world. Now, here's the thing. I get it, right? We all know that peace can be hard to find. We all know that sometimes we can be robbed of our peace. But I'm not talking about peace crazy levels of unrest or anxiety or stress, okay? I'm not talking about like things at the opposite end of the spectrum. So maybe if you're in church today, and we're so glad that you are, and even if you're, you've you not yet made a decision to become a Christian, we're glad that you're here with us, and you're welcome, and we're delighted that you're giving us a small window of your time, because I think that even if you don't believe in the faith that we believe, then this stuff can be applied to your life, and you can take this away for free, because it really does work. But the body Bottom line is is that if you're at a place and you're like, man, I am so stressed I can't even get up and out of bed of a morning unless I've taken the doc- doctor's medication. Then we're not really talking about that level of stress, okay? I'm not going to be trying to make out that I'm any kind of an expert in these matters or issues, and I'm not talking about levels of anxiety that you're heavily medicated for, and as a result of those things that you struggle with, you maybe struggle to hold down a job and a relationship and all of that sort of stuff. We're not talking about that level. We're talking more about just just the everyday stresses and pressures of life that we all experience. I'm not claiming that I'm an expert. And I'm certainly not trying to jump on the bandwagon as it seems in my opinion that so many people are doing right now is they're all coming out and sort of saying or alleging, yeah, like I've got a mental health related issue or I've got a stress disorder. And often they do it because they wanna sell another book or they want another TV appearance or they want more followers on Instagram or, or more friends on Facebook. Neither is it any attempt to try and piggyback of what really is quite a hot topic socially for us all right now. I'm not talking about heavily medicated levels of depression or anxiety. I'm just talking about that often experienced sense of just not being able to rest and find peace. If we were to sum it up with one word, what I wanna speak to you about in the time that we have is restlessness. That's something that we can all relate to. Anybody ever felt like restless? As though it doesn't matter what you do, you just can't get your thought life to calm down and run at a slightly slower pace. It doesn't matter what you do, it seems that even the most simplistic of tasks are just difficult. It doesn't matter what you do, but every meeting you're in, whether it's at work or at home or wherever, it's just tense. It's tension riddled. It doesn't matter whether your relationship with your boss. It doesn't matter whether it's your relationship with your spouse. Everything just feels like awkward, fatigued, difficult. As a parent, you're struggling with your kids and they just stress you out all of the time. Predominantly, you start to perceive them being a bit of a nuisance, because you're like, why did they do that? Why did they say that? Couldn't they have just done it a different way? You feel pressured in work. You feel pressure financially. You can't switch off and you start to become overrun with just worry and you long for a sense of, just can somebody hit the peace button? Like, can somebody just bring a degree of calm to my world? And I think that we all know what this is like because we all deal with financial pressure. For those of us that are parents, we all deal with parental issues. For those of us that are married, we all know that marriage comes wrapped in hard work. It's not always easy. We all know that getting the dream job, the dream interview, sitting before the panel, this is not an easy thing and it can always take from us our peace and make us restless. Restlessness. The inability to rest or relax as a result of worry or boredom. That's what being restless is. Some other words that describe restlessness are being at a position of unease, Edginess, tenseness, nervousness, agitated, being anxiety ridden, fretfulness, discomposure, apprehension, disquiet. Now I get it. Some of you are just like, you've just described my life to a T. You know, you heard the word edginess and you were like, do you know who my husband is? He's a jerk. How can I not be edgy? Some of you have heard the word disquiet and you're like, look, I've got like three kids, and honestly, I'm sure that they're all related by blood to the devil. Seriously, like you can't make out to me that that's anything other than ordinary. But but here's the thing. I'm not talking about the big crazy levels of restlessness that can come when maybe you get a diagnosis and somebody gets ill, or you're made redundant, and now you don't know how you're gonna pay the mortgage, or the business fails and you go bankrupt. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the everyday times And seasons that we all experience where you just feel like, I can't relax, I can't unwind, and I just can't get my thoughts to just calm and slow down. Do you know what is so frustrating for me? Is that as a Christian, the scriptures talk so much about worry, living a life of peace, how to not live full of anxiousness, and yet... For as much as the scriptures talk about it, it is so hard to have that actually work out in your life. In fact, sometimes I read the scriptures and because I, I, I study scripture, it's my job, it's what I do. Sometimes I can read the scriptures and kind of go, there's a promise there that sounds amazing and yet I don't feel like I experience any of that at all. It can feel like there is this huge disconnect between what is promised in the scriptures and what we actually experience. The main scripture I want to go to and kind of highlight this discrepancy is found in Philippians 4, verse 7. And it reads this. It's talking about peace. It's talking about a way of life that can actually be experienced by us all. And Paul writes, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now, I just want you to think about that for a moment. Here is a promise from the apostle Paul, and he 's saying, "Do you know that if you follow Christ, hey, by the way, if you 're a Christian, hey, by the way, if you 've chosen to be a pursuer of God, you know that there is a way of life that you can live and experience that's different to everybody else? Because by the way, it's not a small thing this, but the very peace of God, well, you can experience that in the depth of your heart. I mean, just think about that for a moment, the peace of God. That is like a whole nother level on the peace chart right there. I mean, we're not talking about like Having a bath and dropping a lush bath bomb in it, you know? I mean, those things are massive and I understand they can chill you out, especially you girls, because they're like, they're, they're so big you can't even fit in the bath with them. I, I totally get it, but, but this is way more than taking a bath with a lush bath bomb. This is way more than, you know, just staying off the caffeine for a few days. This is like a whole nother level peace of God maker and creator of the universe wanting to impregnate the depth of your soul with his peace. I mean, that's kind of crazy. But that peace can be known by us according to what the scriptures would say. And not only can it be known by you, it talks about what that peace actually looks like. He says, well, that peace of God, it transcends all understanding. It means like this. It goes completely against your natural human thinking you can be experiencing crazy levels of unrest and yet know what it's like to have the peace of God living on the depths of your soul. And it's like, well, well, how does that actually happen? I mean, the kind of peace that people would look on your life and just go, it doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense that they can stay that calm when you consider everything that they are going through. And that kind of peace that's promised there I think that's what we all really want, but what's difficult is we often struggle with knowing how to get it. So I want to kind of look at three really practical things that I think can steal your peace, and then I want us to look at what we do when maybe circumstances are such that you have no peace, you feel restless, and there's nothing that you can do about it. But the problem with writing everything off in life that's not good is just being circumstantial. And I like to do that, you know. Anyone notice, like, if anything bad ever happens, like, if you're like me, it's always someone else's fault. Like, blame someone, doesn't matter who it is. Like, the kids, the wife, even if nobody's home and you drop all the eggs out of the fridge. Like, honestly, this is true. The other week, right, I was making one of the boys an omelette. And he opened the fridge door and dropped like 30 eggs all over the floor, like two giant packets of eggs. The very next day, I went in the fridge and did exactly the same. We did like 60 eggs or over 50 eggs in two days. And I'm like wanting to walk around and go like, man, who can I blame for this? You know, because it's so much easier to blame someone else. Or if you're a Christian, isn't it so much easier to like just blame the devil? You know, you're having a bad day, you're having a bad week, you're angry, you're tense, you're on a short fuse with everyone. It's so much easier to just kind of write that off and say, well, it's probably the devil. You know, it's the angels of darkness just kind of running all over my life. And it's like, "Eh, I don't know. I think that we give him way too much credit for stuff that we often screw up very successfully all by ourselves. Because the bottom line is, it's not always circumstances that cause the restlessness that we feel. Sometimes it's how we are. So I want to talk about three super quick practical things and then look at what you do when there's nothing you can do. So whilst it is true there are some things in life that happen that you can't change, there are three things that you can. I want to talk about your conversation. Do you know that the way that you talk can really steal your peace from you? Have you ever had a conversation with somebody? Maybe it's been a meeting in work and it hasn't gone particularly well. Maybe it's been somebody in and around church. Maybe it's a friend or a family member. And you leave the conversation and you've just got that feeling on the inside of you like, that just didn't go well. Like, like you start to regret some of the things that you've already said, even though you only said them 30 seconds ago. Have you ever had that experience where you get home and you replay the conversation that you've just had in your thinking whilst you're lying awake in bed and you're kind of just going, I wish I didn't say it like that. I've had plenty of times where I've had conversations and then afterwards I've just thought, you know what? Your language could have been a lot better then. Hey, you know what? You were really harsh when you spoke in that way. And then you kind of go, why is it that this is stealing my peace? Why do I feel restless because of the conversation that I've had? The disagreement with your wife? You know, the problem that you're trying to resolve in work. Why is it when you have these conversations sometimes, it just feels like you can't get any rest afterwards? Well, when you know that, like, in in Ephesians, it talks about how if you follow Christ, then there is a responsibility that you and I have to not allow any unwholesome thing to come out of your mouth. So the moment that you start to talk in a particular way, the moment that maybe you're a little bit choice with your language, when the banter goes way too far or when the level of aggression just exceeds that which ordinarily would ever be acceptable, all of a sudden, if you follow Christ, you start to feel this inner wrestle in the depth of your soul because your conversation is out. And the way that God wants your conversation to be like is so that it benefits and encourages everybody that you come into contact with. In fact, People should know that you follow Christ because of the way that you talk. And I don't mean like talking on a platform up here. This is the easy bit. What's really hard is managing the way that you talk in the moments that you're really tempted to flip, off, flip out and fly off the handle. So check and consider what's your conversation been like. If you're restless, how's your language been? Have you had a kind heart when you're speaking with people? God, is there something amiss? in the way that I've been communicating. The second thing that you've got to check is your character. 1 Corinthians talks about this, and it's so true. You know, you'll have heard us say it this way, kind of like, show us your friends and we'll show you your future. Well, Paul writes and says, hey, listen, just so you know, bad character will corrupt your good character. Bad company will corrupt your good character. And sometimes you've got to ask the honest question and say, hey, God, Is there anything in my character right now that maybe you're not all that happy with? Is there anything in my character that I need to fix? Because is this the reason why I just can't seem to get any rest at the moment? Like, is there something going on? Have I got a jealous heart? Like, am I envious? Am I demonstrating the levels of integrity that I would like others to show me? Am I being honest? Or am I trying to kind of like make something happen that shouldn't really happen? Am I being upfront, how is your character doing? And then the third thing that you've got to check before we talk about the times when there's nothing that you can do, is your conduct. Like, how are you behaving? Like, where are you going? What are you doing when you're there? How are you responding to situations? Have you got something subliminal going on that every time you go to the bar, you always try and ensure that you're at the bar at the same time as her? Because in that moment, your eyes just might glance. And even though you know that she's with someone, you're with someone, if we can get the bar at the same time, then everything would just be great. Like, what's your conduct like? Are you secretive? Do you try and keep things from your mum and dad? Do you try and keep things from your boss in work? Do you try and cook the figures as we move towards year end to try and make it reflect in a better light for you? Hey, what would people think if they knew what you were looking at? You know, you've got to check your conduct. But there are times when you think about your conversation and your character and your conduct and you're like, you know what, genuinely I'm good right now. Like, I'm not feeling any sense of conviction, like I'm good. But it still feels to you like, man, I just can't rest. I just can't relax. I just can't unwind. And then you've got to go, well, maybe it's the circumstances. Maybe things are happening in and around your life that you just have zero control over. And I think that it's in those circumstances that what we've just read in Philippians 4 verse 7 really comes into its own. Because imagine this, Philippians 4, it talks about how, hey, listen, the peace of God, so we're not talking the lush bath bomb, the peace of God that transcends all human understanding can flood and live in the depth of your heart when things are going on that you have no control of. It's an amazing promise. But what frustrates us is when circumstances aren't right, what annoys us is we can't live in and experience that promise Of Philippians 4 7 like we want the peace of God we want that you're gonna have peace that makes no sense we want that but what we don't really want is to do what the writer tells us we have to do in order to experience that we love to quote that it's the kind of thing that we say to people when they're going through a difficult time hey don't worry like God's got this He's going to give you the kind of peace that will just make no sense, but you're going to be able to sleep easy at night. You're going to be so mellow. You're not going to worry about this. You're not going to be overcome with with worry and concern and anxiety. It's like, well, actually, the thing is with this promise is that it comes with a direction. It comes with Paul saying, yeah, you can have that, but in order to have that, you've got to do something. And this is what Paul says You've got to do in order to have the very thing that we all want, that sense of peace. And it comes in the verse immediately prior. He says this, do not be anxious about anything. In other words, Paul's like, look, guys, I know that you've got ample opportunity to worry about so much stuff, right? I mean, what school are the kids going to get in? Are we going to be able to pay all the mortgages this month? Are we going to be able to do that? What are we going to do about that health situation? Paul's like, look, we, we totally get it. You've got so many things going on in your life right now. It can at times feel like you're spinning plates and you're just like, God, don't let one drop. He's like, I get it. He's like, I know there is ample opportunity for you to worry and be concerned to the point at which at times it may even make you feel paralyzed. But then he goes on and he's like, look, even though there are many things for you to be worried and concerned about that would steal your peace, rob your joy, make you feel restless, he says this, do not be anxious about everything, but in every situation. But before we go on, we've got to stop there for a minute. Because notice that Paul's not saying, look, Don't be anxious about anything but in certain things, like on the big issues in life, like when the business goes bust or when the relationship fails or when someone gets sick. He's not saying that. He's saying in every situation, every time you start to worry about your son or your daughter, he's saying, now I want you to do something every time you're at home and your heart starts to beat fast because you don't know how you're going to pay for that school trip, pay the mortgage, pay the rent, fix the washing machine, every time these small, seemingly incidental things are racing around your mind, Paul's like, yep, in that moment, in that instant, you should absolutely do something. So what does he go on to say? Well, he says this, in every situation, you should do something because you should allow those moments when you feel worried, those moments when you feel stressed, those moments when you start to feel restless, you should allow them in your life to be like the light on the dashboard when you drive in that when the petrol gauge comes on, it starts to flash and it starts to beep because it wants you to take action and do something. Like when the oil light comes on in the car, you see that light and you have to take action and do something. Paul was saying this, in every occasion where you start to feel anxious, restless, worried, stressed, It should be like a light that flags on the dashboard of your life that reminds you, you've got to do something. You've got to actually practically implement something. So what is that that we should implement in order to experience that peace of God that surpasses all human understanding? Well, Paul goes on to tell us. He says this, do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your requests to God. So what's he saying here? Every time that you start to get worried and anxious, it should be like a warning light on the dashboard of your life that reminds you to pray to God and be thankful for what you have. It should remind you and say, no, no, hang on a sec. I don't necessarily have to live with this. There is another way. There is another route. There are options available to me, even if I feel like there are no options. Paul was like, no, no, there is. There's always a way out. Like, there's always a better way. He was saying, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And now, let's read verse seven. Now, this is what happens as a result of us praying and opening up a channel of communication with God our Father in heaven. He says, as a result of you doing this and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's what we want, but this is how we get it. But when we talk about prayer, that's not always the easiest of things to do, right? I can remember being at a pastor's meeting once and the guy that was leading the forum turns around and he said, you know, we're gonna pray now. And I started to pray this prayer. And at the end of my prayer, he interrupted my prayer. And he kind of said to everybody else that that isn't how he wanted everybody to pray. My prayer was kind of quiet and you know, I'm I'm not a pacer. I'm not a shouter, and he wanted everybody to be shouting at the walls and praying so loudly that they could hear in Egypt. And you know, he just kind of wanted this moment that was just—it just wasn't me. Like it's just not how I pray. And um, I can remember being made to feel so so ridiculously stupid i remember feeling like an absolute failure like every other pastor prays prays this way and they're spitting at everyone shouting and all sorts of stuff and i'm just like, i don't know what that is and i'm there like with my prayer and i'm being told that that's not really a prayer and i'm just thinking i don't even know if i want to do this anymore because this doesn't make sense and and someone said this to me once and it's something that i've done now for years and years and i want to share it with you you know, I think sometimes the problem with prayer is that we don't know where to start and, and, and some people want like the, the all-night prayer meeting where you're going to pray for 12 hours. I've got to be honest with you, like I'm not feeling that. Like that just, that, you know, I like Netflix and uh, a 12-hour prayer meeting is just not for me. But, but here's the thing, I might not be able to do that, but there are times in my day and I get my hands like this and I turn them over, palm down and I'll sit them on my knee and I'll say, God, right now, I am giving to you everything that is worrying me, I'm giving to you, God, in the same way that I would pick something up and place it onto a table, my palms are down and I'm giving you that concern with work and that worry about that finance situation, And God, that friendship that's just going wrong right now, God, I give it to you. God, I'm going palms down with you right now. I am bringing to you my children and I'm going, God, I give it to you. God, I give you this church. I give you everything that I'm wrestling with and and I will practically remind myself that I've got to give to God everything that maybe I'm worried about or everything that's causing this restlessness and I'll just sit there just quiet just going God I give it to you and palms down I give it to you God and then after maybe I don't know seven or eight minutes I turn my palms upwards and I say now God now I've given you all of my worries now I've given you everything that's stressing me out God now I want to receive your peace you say in your word God and I didn't write your word but you say that I can have the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding so right now I receive your peace I receive your joy I receive you calming my heart down I receive your peace I receive you walking alongside me By the power of your Holy Spirit helping me and leading me and guiding me and directing my life. There's nothing that happens, God, that I need to be afraid of if I walk with you. There's no weapon that can be formed against me that can prosper against me because I'm your child. adopted into your family, I can call you my father. And I find, once I've gone palms down, I'm ready to go palms up, and I'm going to try and make this weird, but for me, that's how this scripture works what we want is the peace of God well if you want that you've got to do something to get it and the thing that you do is prayer because prayerlessness in your life leads to restlessness no prayer, no peace no prayer, no peace when you meet somebody who's anxious and worried you know that they've not spent time in the presence of Jesus because remember If you want peace in your life, it doesn't come as a result of a place of peace or an environment of peace it comes as a result of the person that walks alongside you and His name is Jesus, Prince of Peace, the giver of peace, the restorer of your soul the one that can bring joy even in the depths of your darkness and you can have that in a real and authentic way at the moment that you choose to give to Him your worries and give to Him your concerns and hand over to Him all of your anxieties and choose to a walk, a live, a life of prayer alongside Jesus. Why? Because prayerlessness leads to restlessness. No peace, no prayer. No peace, no prayer. So, what do I want you to do? I want you to build a daily habit in your life of going palms down, palms up now don't worry if you're kind of like no i'm not doing it stupid got actions and never did the action songs when i was in school i was like hey listen it doesn't matter there's there's nothing clever or super spiritual about the hand thing it just it helps me keep my mind on track you know because before i know it i'll be thinking about like you know some other random pair of trainers that i need to buy and you know it's kind of like so easy to get distracted when you're trying to pray and and kind of just Spend a moment in the presence of God. So so for me, I do it because it helps me. If that were to help you, then I encourage you, do it. But no matter what you do, create a moment in your day, every day, where you choose to give God your worries, give God your concerns, and then receive from Him the very peace of God that will transcend all human understanding.